1: 20 minutes a day, 365 days a year. This is the Pack-A-Day Podcast.
2: Welcome back, Packers fans, to the Pack-A-Day Podcast. It's almost the end of the week. It is Thursday, otherwise known as Baby Friday in some circles. I am one of your hosts of the Pack-A-Day Podcast on Thursdays, Jason Perrone, of Game On Wisconsin, the Quick Sense Podcast, and of course, the Pack-A-Day Podcast, along with Mark Eckel of Packer Report and Pack-A-Day, and Paul Brettel of Dairyland Express, Cheesehead TV, the Packers Unrestricted Show, Extraordinary YouTube Neato Thingy, and the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Paul, I'll start with you, since I usually start with Mark, and I just completely butchered the name of your <laughs> YouTube show, but at this point, it's shtick. How you doing?
1: I'm good. Weather here is... Uh cold 40 degrees and rainy all week but i have to say this past sunday was 60 it was sunny had the smoker out made some ribs uh hung out outside did some yard work but because it's new didn't care was just happy to be outside in the sun wasn't minimal wind it was a beautiful day so it doesn't look like any of that's coming for next few days but I, I i loved it but right now it's rainy and 40
2: i like what we've done where we start with wisconsin i know we usually start as far east as we can but I mean, Mark, honestly, unless something weird's happening at the beach, like yours and my weather is kind of what it is. It's very predictable. Whereas Paul's going to be the X factor of this <laughs> whole conversation, this right? So, all right. So, if we're going as far east as possible with our, our typical weather, we have our friend Alex in Poland who chimes in. It's warming up out there, guys. 66 and sunny. That's Fahrenheit, hopefully, because if it was Celsius, that would be like hundreds of degrees. <laughs> um, it's, it looks like it's pronounced loads pronounced "loads," Poland, but that's not right. The way that the alphabet is there, I'm completely butchering it and not pronouncing it correctly. And I'm sure Alex will correct me later after he hears the show. But thank you for always sending your weather. But it's going to drop all the way down to 30 uh, in the morning, though. So a little bit of a disparity between the high and the low. Can't wait to hear what we're going to discuss during this show. Well, we won't disappoint, Alex. It's going to be a good one. And then we come stateside, and now we're at the beach... Myrtle Beach, that is. And Mark Eckel, how are we looking?
3: It's been nice all week, but I think now for the third consecutive Thursday, it's, it's going to rain.
2: Oh, geez. I believe
3: I've said rain now three weeks in Yes, you have. Raining. That is correct. Now, yes. it's been, and it's funny because it's not like it's been raining for days. It just, it rains every Thursday. And then Friday is nice again. So expect another rainy day. Um, which, like I said, it's nice to have a day where I can – I can get other things done because when it's too nice out, you don't get anything done.
2: Right. Not very true. well, Well, speaking of which baseball's back, I'm in Phoenix. It's 85 degrees here, sunny. So speaking of not wanting to work or get a whole lot done, you're looking at it right here, the prime example. So as always sending some warmth your way, if it's cooler, although now I don't feel like, I don't feel as bad about my warmer temperatures. Things are starting to come around a little bit in terms of spring Spring has actually officially sprung because the, I think the 21st is usually the first day of spring, right? So, and yeah. now you got more daylight, daylight savings, right? So it's staying lighter a little bit longer. Paul's no longer in the the early dark drearies <laughs> any longer. And then our friend here in Kamloops, Canada, uh, I guess when I mentioned his arm out the window that he said a couple weeks ago on how Canadian that sounded, he realized that that, yeah, that's true. Uh said it's been warming up overall today, a high of 54, low of 39. He says he hasn't seen a robin yet, but apparently they are around. So that's a sign of spring. I remember when I lived in the greater Milwaukee area and like the birds and certain things coming back was a sign of warmer weather, right? Good stuff. Sure. The ducks coming back and, and if you had a pond or all that other kind of stuff. So anyway, that's it for the weather. Let's turn to some NFL football and Packers football Actually, going to start with a non-Packers topic because there was some news that dropped. Finally, the news hits. It wasn't Packers news, but finally hits in our our favor as it was announced somewhat uh, late morning, early afternoon on Wednesday that Tyreek Hill was available in a trade from the Kansas City Chiefs, and it was the Miami Dolphins who ended up ponying up the deal to bring Tyreek Hill to Miami. He leaves Kansas City, who have been perennial Super Bowl favorites in the AFC. For many years, So that's going to kind of change the landscape there, but just a week ago, we learned that the Packers lost their top wide receiver in Devontae Adams and now have to figure out what they're going to do. The Packers were never in the bidding or in the conversation for Tyree Kill, I would not imagine. I didn't hear a single ounce of that, but it does now kind of help us transition to A, our thoughts on the Tyree Kill deal and the Packers... You know Now they have a comparison, and, and we're seeing teams address the position, and Green Bay is kind of doing some other stuff, which we'll talk about in a little bit. Mark, we'll start with you. Tyreek Hill, no longer a chief. He's on his way to the Dolphins. And you had a very good theory in terms of the draft compensation because Packers fans were losing their minds thinking that the Packers got fleeced by the Raiders after hearing what Dent, what Miami gave up for Hill.
3: No, they got – I mean, it d- depends on, on what you like. Do you like quantity? or quality. The Packers got the 22nd pick from the Raiders. That was the, the, the best thing that they got was a 22nd pick. The best pick the Kansas City got was 29th pick. So the difference between 22 and 29 like if if Miami now or no who has that pick? Kansas City has the pick. If they wanted to trade up with the Packers, they would have to give up like a third of whatever or whatever it is to move up. That's the difference in what they got. So, yes, Kansas City got more bullets to put in their gun, so to speak. But they got a first. They got picks next year and all that. But, like, next like next year they got a four and a six. That's really like a five and a seven this year. So that six-round pick is worth next to nothing, really. I mean, now, granted, you could turn that into a great player. You never know. Um, so if you like quantity, yes, Kansas City got more than the Green Bay got because they got five bullets. Green Bay got two better picks in the twenty, you know, the twenty-second pick. Remember? So yeah, from from that yeah. I mean, but they both got a lot for great receivers. Uh, Hills is like a year younger than Adams, also, which mm-hmm. maybe adds to his value somewhat. Uh, also, and I'm, Paul pointed this out be, be, before we start taping, Adams was only going to the Raiders. I mean, Adams made it clear I want to go to the Las Vegas Raiders, and then that allowed. They, the Packers allowed him to talk to the Raiders, and they worked out a deal. Actually, there was a very good story. And I forget where I read it now. I think it was Peter King's um, Monday Morning Story, whatever he calls it now. Um, and he, you know, it was written from the Raiders' perspective. But he, but he pointed out that Goody was was holding firm on a first and second. He wasn't he wasn't taking any less than that. And can't, uh, the Raiders, the original offer was a first this year and a second next year. The Raiders did not want to give up basically their the heart of their their 2022 draft. Um, and Goody wanted no part of that pick next year. He said, "No, I want if you want them, it's got to be a one and a two this year." And then the Raiders talked about it and finally said, "Okay, we'll 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 give it to you." So there was that. Now the Kansas City had. At least one other team that we know of the the New York jets who were in the bidding along with miami and and who knows that's all we know there may have been a third or fourth team as well. Anytime you got more than one team, you can drive the price up obviously.
4: Yep. yeah
3: now Hill also got a he got more money than than Adams, which was kind of funny that adams Adams was so so intent on being the highest paid wide receiver in football and he was for a week.
2: Well, that's the thing about contracts is that you're only the highest paid player for until the next deal gets done while well, the next <laughs> deal got got done 6 days later. So, you're not the highest paid player and you're stuck in Las Vegas now. So, enjoy that brand new stadium, Devontae Adams. He did look pretty sharp in his introductory press conference in all black, you know. I mean, the, the uniforms did not look good on him, but
3: whatever, Paul. The thing, uh, let me the, the thing is like and, and we've all talked about this, we were texted about in all my years and it's a lot of years I've never seen a a football offseason like this one. Football, I mean, baseball and basketball make trades. Hockey too. the The other three major sports are known for blockbuster trades and trade guys getting traded and this. Thing. Football, usually the biggest trades that happen are a team moves up in, in the draft. They they trade you know a first a second and a fourth to move up, or maybe they throw a player in and they move up in the draft. You don't see big name players getting traded the way the way you have. This offseason, two of the best wide receivers, maybe two, probably two of the top five, if not two of the top three, were, were traded. Quarterbacks, you know, Matt Ryan, a veteran, Russell Wilson, Carson Wentz. Once again, yep. I mean, just, uh, it's, I, I've never ever, and it's not, and we're not done. We got a month to till, till the draft. There's going to be more, there's going to be more things going on.
2: Yeah, it, it, it's crazy. And that's why I asked when we were talking earlier, uh, Mark, because I, I, my immediate thought was, I don't remember it being this crazy, but then I was like, I, I don't remember what it was like back before free agency really started and if trades were more prevalent, but it's still not in football.
3: Not like Definitely
2: this. Yeah, definitely not in the NFL. So, all right, Paul, in the Dairyland State of Wisconsin, the news hits Tyreek Hill is available. Did you start typing up a what would it look like if Tyreek Hill <laughs> became a Green Bay Packer article, which obviously never published because he never came to Green Bay?
1: <laughs> i did not i found it hard to believe that after trading Devonte for a one and a two and not having to pay that huge contract the packers were going to turn around give away that one and two and apparently some extra and then pay out an even bigger contract for tyreek hill uh so no i wasn't expecting that but just to build off of what mark was saying in terms of the draft value and even though the chiefs got more than the Packers, the overall <clears throat> value of the picks is actually relatively similar. So there's different variations of this table out there, but I think it was Jimmy Johnson back when he was with the Cowboys in the okay. 90s. They came up with a system that assigned values to each draft pick, and it was a way to measure, you know, are we getting fair compensation in return, you know, during the draft, if someone called up and said, hey, we'll give you a second and a fourth for your first. So each of those va- each of those draft picks have values. How do they add up? Do they equal out or not? So for Reference, uh, and this is from uh, Packers Wire, but pick 22 last year had a value of 780. Uh, the Packers have that. Pick 29, which is what Kansas City got, has a value of 640. Yeah. So you can already yeah. see there, there's mm-hmm. a yeah, difference in 140. Um, so when you, the Chiefs may have gotten some extra fourth, six round picks, but let's head to uh, round four here. We'll go somewhere in the middle. Pick 123. That's valued at 49. So that shows you how steep of a drop-off there is. So when Green Bay starts with essentially a lead of 140 points, for lack of a better word, you know it takes two fourth-rounders. It takes a sixth-rounder. I think their second-round picks that they received are fairly That's similar, same. 50 and 52. So when you look at it that way, yes, the Chiefs got more picks in return. But in terms of the value of the pick, it actually came out pretty even.
2: Yeah, and Mark, you, you mentioned it earlier too about that. You have to you have to really think about how much of a of a drop off there is. And if you look at Packers, even just the Packers picks of the past decade, you know, how many fourth and fifth there are a couple fourth and beyond rounders that have turned out to be very good and it turned out well. John Runyon Jr., sixth round pick, and it looks like he's got a chance to be a decent guard in the NFL, but that's that's not the norm. You know, that's just not the norm. And like you said, it's just more bullets, right, in the gut.
3: Well, well, not only that though. Like, I'd rather start off with the quality picks. So right. now the Packers, and again, depending on how things go and what duty he has in mind. So let's say he gets the the two players he wants in the in the first round. He gets you know the way the board falls, it works out perfect for him. My goodness, these these two guys we had ranked very high, and we got them both. Now the second round comes around. The next day, they sleep on it. They they decide what they're going to do. Second round. Again, with the Raiders pick in the second round, he gets a guy that he really liked. Now he has that in his own second round pick. If someone calls and makes him a good enough offer, he could trade that and get, if, if he wants more bullets, to, 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 to continue that uh, analogy, he could trade that second round pick back and get a, a third or a fourth and a, and a sixth or whatever he wants for, you know what I'm saying? So I'd rather start off with, with where the Packers are right now. And you could have that flexibility to move backwards and get more then try to move up to get what they already have. You know what I'm saying?
1: Right, yeah. And one, other, one other thing I just want to point out, just in general with these first-round picks and the fact that the Packers have two of them, is that fifth-year option, which is incredibly valuable. That's why a lot of times you'll see teams trade back into the first round. Maybe it's to grab a quarterback in particular because of that fifth-year option. You know, Jair Alexander this year, this is his fourth year, or this is his fifth year, excuse me, you know but green bay had the flexibility because they had that option to exercise it and now they're going to work out an extension this year rather than having to try to put that together last year same thing with rashawn gary he's coming up on year four they'll have that ability to exercise it so that's a that's another just underrated aspect of having that additional first round pick in addition to the you know having the extra ability to take a hopefully someone who can come in and be a media contributor high ceiling type of player
2: Yeah, we're getting into draft season. We're going to start doing some coverage on that, too, so there are going to be a lot of fun conversations. Mark has promised a lot of entertainment on the Thursday edition of the Pack-A-Day podcast. I won't say anything (laughs) further, but he's doing his homework. He's got his opinions. But, guys, let's backtrack, because I know that the wide receiver position is still a hot topic in Green Bay, and we'll come back around to it. But Zadarius Smith signed with the Minnesota Vikings. Now, last week it was reported that he was going to sign with the Baltimore Ravens, and then it was announced that he was not signing that contract. And he ends up in Minnesota, where I think a lot of people thought he was going in the first place. Mike Pettin is connected to the Minnesota Vikings, and Mike Smith is there as well. In fact, there was a picture of them taken together, and Zadarius so changed his avi to just a solid black circle. And he wrote, let's meet at the quarterback on Twitter. And then Rashawn Gary replied and said, I was thinking the same thing. And he posted a picture of him sacking Kirk Cousins. So no surprise Darius Smith's not with the Packers. First of all, they released him a while ago, so we knew he wasn't going to be back. And that contract number was huge and we've been talking about it for a long time but he ends up in the division I know he had the back injury last year but let's not use the I saw the word injury prone thrown around a little bit on social media he's not injury prone he was very very available prior to the back injury he didn't miss time at all he was out there non-stop I remember a, a game in Dallas in 2019 where Smith he kept getting hurt in that game and coming out and to, and it looked bad and he'd have to get helped off the field And two or three snaps later. He was back out there again. He was always available until a back injury happened last year, which is a little bit different. So, Paul, we'll start with you on Zadarius, and your thoughts on whether or not this is a big deal for the Minnesota Vikings and if it has any sort of shift at all in the, in the, the struggle for power, I'll say, in the NFC North.
0: We're driven by the search for better.
1: um i do think that it could you know big deal maybe is a little strong he's he's definitely has the potential to make an impact we saw that and one thing i just want to say about zadarius we know about the on-field production here in green bay but he was such a core core piece of the locker room shift things had grown very stale stagnant under the Mike McCarthy regime towards the end. And he brought some juice, some life back into that locker room during the 2019 season, along with other players. So always, always will appreciate that. And from the moment he stepped off the plane, I felt like from the first time he just, he just embraced his role on this Green Bay Packers team. So always be appreciative of that. But the Vikings, they have a potential for a very, very good pass rush. Him and Daniil Hunter, Hunter's also coming off a back injury, I believe as well. So that's going to be, you know, their production is going to be contingent upon that. It's going to test, uh, you know, David Bakhtiari, who's basically had a a year a year removed from the game dealing with his injury. At this time, it looks like Yash might be the starting right tackle come week one. Uh, but in terms of shifting the dynamic of the NFC North, I still don't. It's still not that that seismic of a move. Ultimately, the Packers still have Aaron Rodgers under center. Um, overall, the more talented team.
2: Yeah, and Mark, your obviously your thoughts on on Zadarius and. As somebody who covered the Eagles for many years, you see divisional teams pluck guys from from a divisional foe that they see twice a year and they're very familiar with. I'm sure you got plenty of examples of former Giants or Washington football players and Dallas Cowboys that ended up in Philadelphia and vice versa.
3: Yeah, it never worked out. No, <laughs> <laughs> it, really, no it doesn't. And it hasn't. And it won't. And it, Robin Adams. you guys know Robin Adams? For the name. At all? Mm. Yeah, I know the name. He's another... A Packer writer for i'm'm'm mm-hmm. I'm, 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 I should know where he, who he wrote for, right for but he, he wrote a really good story. I, I saw him on Twitter and I even commented to him what what a good story it was. Adams is the eighteenth former Packer to become a Viking. Wow, eighteen. And he goes all the way back to Carol Dale and 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 he and he was a really good story he 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 wrote how what they did for the Packers and then what they did for the Vikings. and it's amazing. Like, one one player of the 17 previous, actually, well, there was another guy that I, didn't even, I never heard. It was like a the guy played like a three games for the Packers, and then went to the Vikings and played like nine games. He, he, I'm, I'm not even counting him. But the only one that really, and he, he was good for both teams, but he stayed good with the Vikings, was Ryan Longwell, the mm-hmm. kicker. But, being, I mean... Let's see, you went from kicking at Lambeau Field to kicking in a dome. Yeah, of course you did better. <laughs> right. I, mean, I mean, really? I mean, really? Okay, fine. But like everyone else did not do as well, including Brett Favre, um, Greg Jennings. I mean, just so, so, so some of the more recent ones that, that we know about. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, and let me correct you on something, Jason. You said um, that Ari Smith had a back injury. No, he still has a back injury. He, yeah, he does. He Once played, you injure your back, you have it, a back You, you, you have you're it, right. Knees heal, ankles heal, shoulders heal. Backs don't heal. They just don't. And as you get older, speaking from someone that has a really that had that has had that, that goes to a chiropractor twice a month, <laughs> it, it, no. Back injuries are bad. They're bad, bad things. Especially when you're playing football and and you need that twist and turn and all I'll be I'll, I'll say this I and I don't wish any ill will on Darius Smith like you as Paul said he gave the Packers you know a lot um I would have wish he would stayed in Baltimore and not go to Minnesota but um I I'll be surprised if he plays the whole season next year
2: I'm not worried about it just it was if the Packers wanted him they would have brought him back and they could have brought him back on a deal that would have been very palatable for them based on what they want to do how they want to spend they just didn't and let's not forget, too, the rumblings last the year. Injury. Well, you know, if he, doesn't
3: get hurt, if, if he doesn't have the back injury, they probably keep him and let Preston go, right?
2: I think there's a good chance. I mean, he was extremely mm-hmm. productive. And then for Paul's, like what Paul said, the heart and soul of the locker room, although Preston Smith is part of that, too, I think he'll be really good for the Packers. But mm-hmm. let's not forget last year, speaking of that off the field stuff, there were the rumblings about how he was upset about not being named a captain and and I think there was a, some talk the, and whispers that things were growing a little little tired of his antics and that you know he was with the team that he wasn't with the team and he was and wasn't and back and forth I mean if ultimately if the Packers felt like he was going to be a, a piece that that could help them for a team that's still all in now you know everyone's going to point the receiver position and say the Packers aren't really all in and all that but they are. They're trying to run it back as much as possible. If they really felt like he was a core piece, there was, there was nothing stopping them from bringing him back and they just didn't end up doing it. And they let him go fully well, knowing that he was probably going to end up in the division and sure, he'll be motivated. And we've seen plenty of players go out and play the game of their life. The first time they see their former team. And then it ends up being their season highlight on a team that ends up going eight and nine and doesn't make the playoffs and, there you have it. But he'll wreck one game and beat the Packers or he'll sack Aaron Rodgers and he'll have something written on his shirt under his jersey and we'll all get to see whatever it is or whatever it was that that was. So is he going to do the belt? Probably. I mean I wouldn't I wouldn't put it past him. I mean, his his posting and the way he's doing this on on social media. I just find it funny when players get upset and they post things, even if it's just playful jabbing and they or they're doing it to just troll the fan base because they know everyone's going to react and he did. He got plenty of reaction, but if there's any truth at all to any of the ill will or the animosity or him feelings kind of spurned like the Packers didn't want him, I think that's just it's vapid. It just does it's a lack of understanding of the business of the game, but no player also, I I mean, I can respect the fact that no player is going to say, well, yeah, I have a back injury. I'm no good anymore. They're not, they don't think that way. They're very, they're very prideful. They're they've got big egos and they're very competitive. And so it's, it's going to ratchet up the, the Packers versus Vikings. I mean, wouldn't it be cool Sunday night football
1: Packers Vikings to start the season? I mean, for the rivalry, it's terrific some extra juice to it i mean and at lambo and and at
2: lambo so we can get the full fan reaction when (laughs) when you know and of course they'll have the vikings defense announced unless they come out as a team right and you'll see everyone booing them i was in the house when Favre came back in 2010 now he'd already been back once in 2009 and beat the beat the packers but in 2010 on the sunday night game i was in the house at that one and they didn't uh, announce, I don't think they announced the offense because the uh, Packers offense came out, of course, She's not going to let Favre come out. But when he came out for warmups, man, there then the bowl wasn't even full yet. You could hear it. The fans were not happy to see him again. He was kind of chuckling as he walked out. So, I
3: don't know. Now let's not get carried away. Brad Favre. Different story. Played 16 yes. games. Super. yes. Game. The Darius yeah. Smith played. Two years.
2: years. <laughs> Two years, always. and he had one sack in one playoff game, which, you know, I mean, how productive yeah, uh, can it, can it mean, be? He comes back, and he still ends up getting a sack.
3: Yeah, but, that was great. That was, you know, nice. But, I mean, he he's not a Packer icon by any means. He right. had a couple good years for him.
2: Well, in his mind, he probably thinks he is. But He's a know.
3: good player. No, nothing, no doubt about it. A good pass rusher. Very good pass rusher. But, I mean, he's not. The other Packers who have left, like even Greg Jennings, going from Green Bay to Minnesota, you know he was. You know he won a Super Bowl as a as a Packer and and was was their number one receiver for a long time. I mean, it was drafted by the Packers. The whole thing. I mean, the fact played like I said two years. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well,
2: premium position affect the passer, affect the passing game. Speaking of the passing game, real quick reaction on this, two guys when Devonte Adams was traded because I think one of the big debates before Adams was traded and before Aaron Rodgers announced he was coming back was. How are the Packers going to decide what to do? Or how are the Packers going to find a way to bring back Devondre Campbell and Russell Douglas? And I think the, a lot of the conversation was it's going to either be one or the other. Neither. If they get both, it's going to be a real, real stretch. Well, Devontae Adams gets traded away. And that opens the door wide open for Russell Douglas to return after Devondre Campbell was already back. And Sewell is back in Green Bay. So now they have that core at another premium position of stopping the pass at cornerback. Huge, huge, huge. I'm a huge fan of this and giving the Packers some flexibility. I think Russell Douglas can also move back a little bit and play, play back. If he needs to bring Darnell Savage up, play in that slot role if he needs to. So I'm it's, it's hard not to love the move, but Mark, we'll start with you. They got them both. Devondre Campbell and Russell Douglas are back and the defense keeps more of that core together.
4: The new year is a great time to focus on what's important to you, whether it's saving money by ordering less takeout, learning to cook or prioritizing your wellness HelloFresh is here to help you with endless options to make cooking at home simple and enjoyable. Personally, I'm really trying to work on my weight this year, and when I found out that HelloFresh delivers pre-portioned ingredients right to my door, including farm-fresh produce that arrives within a week, I was all in. Skip the trips to the grocery store, saving you long wait times and ensuring you don't waste your money on excess food, and sign up for HelloFresh instead. HelloFresh has helped me eat fresher food with better portion control and has helped me live a healthier lifestyle. I highly recommend the teriyaki chicken tenders, by the way. So go to HelloFresh.com slash 16 and use code PacketA16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. That's HelloFresh.com slash PacketA16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Remember to use code PacketA16. That's HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. This podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Is there something interfering with your happiness or is preventing you from achieving your goals? We've all struggled with mental health in different ways, especially during the pandemic, and I'm certainly no different. Keeping myself centered mentally is such a huge part of my overall health goals, and that's where BetterHelp has helped me. BetterHelp has the ability to assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist in under 48 hours. It's not a crisis line. It's not self-help. It's professional therapy done securely online. There's a broad range of expertise available, which may not be locally available in many areas, and the service is available for clients worldwide. You can log into your account anytime and send a message to your therapist, plus you'll get timely and thoughtful responses. You can even schedule weekly video or phone sessions, so you won't have to ever sit in an uncomfortable waiting room as with traditional therapy. BetterHelp is committed to facilitating great therapeutic matches, so they make it easy and free to change therapists if needed, and it's more affordable than traditional offline therapy. Plus, financial aid is available if needed. BetterHelp wants you to start living a happier life today. Visit their website and read their testimonials that are posted daily. Visit betterhelp.com packaday. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, and join the over 2 million people who have taken charge of their mental health with the help of an experienced professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they are recruiting additional therapists in all 50 states. And of course, we have a special offer for Packaday listeners, as you can get 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com packaday.
3: I think you asked me this months ago. Would I rather have Devontae Adams or Campbell, Douglas, and someone else? And Mm -hmm. I said, I hate to lose Devontae Adams, but I'd rather have. And you could throw in the fact that basically by trading Devontae Adams, not only do the Packers have an extra first and second this year where they will hopefully get two very good young players, but they kept – now, Campbell was already signed, so we can't say they, that they got Campbell. They had Campbell when they still had Adams on the tag. But they added Douglas. They brought back Robert Tunyon, who, if they keep Adams, he'd probably go somewhere else because that's the reason they signed Tunyon so soon was that apparently three other teams were ready to you know, mm-hmm. make offers or had had already made offers. And they added um, <laughs> Geron uh, Reed to the mm-hmm. defensive line. So they've already added three players so basically now if you look at that trade for what they really got so they got three players and two picks for Devonte adams right now and and they probably still have a little bit of money left from that to either get to either keep mvs if they want or go get another get them whoever whatever and we could you know they're they, they have to get a wide receiver right
2: Well, well, yeah. You would think you would think so. And then even
3: prior, I mean, they're going to draft one somewhere. mm -hmm. But even but don't they need another one? They don't they need to either bring back MVS or sign a Julio Jones or they
1: need they need two or somebody. They need two receivers. They need someone who can be the volume, the guy on this offense, and they need the vertical threat, the MVS type player. Those are the two you know specific type of receivers they need.
2: Well, Paul, so your thoughts on Russell coming back, because I know you've written a bunch about him, and I know you're probably a big fan of the continuity on defense there as well. And then we'll transition to the wide receiver talk, because there was a connection between Marcos Valdez-Scantling and the Tyree kill trade that went down today, and we can talk about that after we get your thoughts on Douglas and the cornerback group running it back.
1: Yeah, absolutely, and just as a whole, you know, what Mark's point was and being able to bring those other guys back, and I wrote about this at Cheesehead TV on Monday, the Packers gained a ton of flexibility in the draft, something they didn't have prior to free agency, because if we went through the list of positions that they had to address, it was corner, it was linebacker, edge rusher, tight end, wide receiver, um, among others. But now, as we talked about before the show, if you look at positions that they really have to address right now, you know, it's the first, they're on the clock at 22, 28, what positions do they absolutely have to address you know, and I know the board plays a big factor in this as well. But right now, it's wide receiver. You know, do they need to add to the interior defensive line? Still, yes. Would it be great to bring in a third edge rusher? Of course. Would it be great to add to your cornerback depth? Absolutely. But if those players aren't there at 22, or even at 28, or heck, even at 52, they don't have to feel that pressure of, oh shoot, we don't have a pass catching tight end on the roster right now. We absolutely need one. We don't have one because when teams feel that way. That leads to reaching. Reaching leads Mm -hmm. to bus. So right now, other than wide receiver, that's really the only position where Green Bay, you feel like they have to. And that flexibility in the draft is going to allow Goody to go more towards, all right, who's the best player available? And when you're drafting that way, and of course, positional need still plays a role. The best player available at 28 is a running back. Please don't take a running back. But you you, (laughs) you get the idea. It gives them that flexibility. And when you're taking the best player available, that's how you're going to increase your odds of finding – uh, uh, someone who can be a, a a core member of your team for the foreseeable future. Yeah. And Brian
2: Gunekunst has made it very entertaining over the past several drafts and we, without knowing who he was going to go after. And, you know, it started in 2018. Derwin James was a name that was thrown around. We end up with Jair Alexander and he ends up with another first round pick the following year. I mean, Gunekunst has done some very mysterious things and some very good things. Rashawn Gary, the year after when nobody was really saying his name much in that particular spot, he ends up picking him, and, and Gary's looking like a huge, huge home run. Very pleasant surprise compared to how I thought on draft day that whole thing was going to turn out. So when you're taking the best player available, never know exactly what it is that that he's going to do. But if we go back to the receiver position, which is certainly in play early on, and you said the Packers need to add a couple receivers. So the first thing I saw, Tom Pellicero tweeted out some some thoughts about the Chiefs losing Tyreek Hill, and that's a lot of speed to lose. So now it seems like they might be players for Marcus Valdes-Scantling, who was rumored to be back in conversations with the Packers. I don't know if they had ever really calmed down. I think the Packers would like to have him back at the right price point because he knows the offense and he's got the speed. But now the Packers might have some additional suitors to contend with, and there's got to be a walkaway point where you say, okay, I can't bring Marcus Valdes-Scantling back. And if that's the case, now – you're pressed to bring in a veteran receiver, which is not always my favorite thing because you know, you're know, you you're paying a lot of money to them. Speaking of, uh, Mark, to your point about the fa- the financial flexibility that the Packers have, and in addition, for the next two or three years, they're not paying 22, 25, 28 plus for a receiver who's going to be over 30 years old, which is another reason why I think the Packers made a good decision to move on from Adams. So Mark, we'll stay with you. MVS, potential target to the Chiefs, and where might that leave the Packers if, if he's out of play... And you're going to add two pass catchers, and maybe that's not how many you think they need, but you got to start somewhere. I mean, so where are you starting?
3: Where am I starting? Um, I'm not crazy. I mean, of the, there's there's a few free agents still out there. One, the one I a lot of people talk about is Jarvis Landry. I wouldn't. I'm not crazy about. I don't hate him. I mean, I, if they signed him, I'd say okay, he he has been pr- productive. Um. He's kind of small, though. He he, he doesn't fit with the Packers' like and wide receivers, and they and only the, have two. What's that? Oh, Mar-
1: you were just getting there. I was going to say they have slot guys. <laughs> yeah, they
3: have Randall Cobb and, and Amari Rogers, and I'm and I'm and I'm not even close to giving up on Amari Rogers because, mm-hmm. you know, I liked him when they when they took him. They, yes, I mean people look at him as a returner. and He wasn't very good at that. Why the Packers thought he would be good at that only they know because he wasn't even that good at Clemson at that. That, but but then again, the Packers didn't have a special teams coach last year. They had a a cardboard box that was coaching special teams. So um, now they have a real special teams coach who will know that he's not a receiver. Um, but anyway, um, I lost my train of thought. But <laughs> no, they they I a guy that I first wanted no part of, but the more I think about it, maybe for on a one year deal, he's been great. I know he's been banged up, but. Julio Jones does Dude. he have that one last hurrah in him, him and Aaron together, one last, you know, I'd think about it. Mm-hmm. Other than that, I'm on the phone with teams looking. Now, Miami's probably going to try to move De- Devontae Parker, right? Mm-hmm. Again, not a guy I'm crazy about, but he is better than what – he's a veteran. He's been around. He's not He's 29, I believe. Um, and probably not going to cost you a whole lot to get him um i mean he's not to be honest he's not much better than alan lazard but he's still a guy that's done it um now seattle has the two guys that people are talking about metcalf and lockett lockett again fits that role that i don't want um metcalf would be great but i don't know how much it's going to cost to get him and he's also in the final year of his contract Mm -hmm. so he's going to want a new uh, a A new new deal deal. yep um I'm sure there's, there's other teams that I'm, that I'm we're overlooking right now. Um, Brandon Cooks' name gets talked about a lot every too, year. Again, Cooks is the annual, but he's annual. Not small. Um,
2: yeah, that's the th- that's the thing is, and and Mark, we talked about it before we started. Was how many? I mean, they're bigger than me. I'm not saying you know but how many <laughs> <Me> under, <too. laughs> how many undersized receivers, and you know we'll throw speed in there as well. But you know, I wouldn't say Randall Cobb and Amari Rodgers are speed guys because they already have those two on the roster, so what would a locket bring in terms of that diversity to the passing game? Paul, I know you do a lot of analysis and, and like, you've already kind of looked at some of these moves from the perspective of what the Packers already have. Do you see it the same way where it's like you're you just, it's, it's a lot of redundancy, which is not what I think the Packers need if they're going to add a pass catcher.
1: Yeah. I mean, those guys like Jarvis Landry, um, you know, playing in the slot, that's something you have to look at as well. Cause there's a number of factors involved and that's why it's hard I mean, Mark took the words out of my mouth with, with Julio Jones. Uh, you know, the injuries are certainly a concern, but when, when you're looking at the available free agents that are out there, that's going to be your best, you know, someone who can step in and be the guy if needed, even though he's not, you know, he's past, you know, peak Julio Jones at this point. But the cost as well, I mean, DK Metcalf, like Mark said, is going to want a new contract. Um, You know, Tyler Lockett could add that, that deep ball ability that the Green Bay Packers still need to find as well. Wolf Fuller is another name who could add that element and we know the Packers have been interested in him, in him in the past, but again, injuries are a concern. That's the hard part with this. There isn't that guy out there right now where you can look at and go, "Okay, if we get him, we got our difference maker." You would hope that Julio could be that, but he hasn't he hasn't been able to stay on the field. So if he can, if if we knew Julio was going to be Hundred percent full go for sixteen games or seventeen games. Absolutely, but again, there's that question mark with that. So I still think there's a value whether it's trade, uh, free agency, and you know, as you can tell, I, I, there's nobody that I tip that I really have off the top of my head that I'm absolutely in love with, just given whether it's cost, injury history, fit with the team, whatever it may be. But I think there's a ton of value in if they can find a veteran presence because even someone like Chris Olave, if the Packers are able to get him, who's a plug and play, he's still a rookie receiver. Um, There's still going to be that learning curve. We all know that Aaron Rodgers has to get acclimated. And yes, he'd have to get acclimated with the veteran receiver as well. But um, I imagine that learning curve is going to be a little shorter. So just having that that veteran presence to rely on at least in the early portion of the season. If the rookie receiver or two rookie receivers need to, you know, get acclimated to the NFL level, I think there's a ton of value in that. I thought the same thing about the interior defensive line position as well. That's why I was so happy to see them go and get Jerron Reed that you have a veteran that you can lean on uh, this season as well to mix in with Dean Lowry as well as Kenny Clark. And now hopefully you can. they still need to go find someone in the draft as well But you have a veteran presence, and this is a team with Super Bowl aspirations, and typically it's going to be a veteran-led team that's going to help you get over that hump. Well, to be
2: fair, too, if you're you're getting a guy who's the answer or kind of the difference maker – then something's probably wrong because teams aren't letting guys like that go anyway. You know, if if you get a player and he comes in like Devondre Campbell, for example, he turned into that for the Packers. But when they signed him, even they didn't think he was going to turn out to be that. I mean, that was the absolute, you know, the, the ceiling is the roof type of scenario with Devondre Campbell. So you have to hope that you bring the guy in who's going to build a great chemistry and be better than expected. If you're talking about like a Brandon Cooks, a Fuller type guy, of all the names that have been mentioned, DK Metcalf to me is really the only one that excites me just because it's something the Packers don't have. And how could you not want that combination of strength and speed with, with what Rodgers brings and in that offense, which is something that they, they really don't have. They've got the smaller shifty guys and Cobb isn't going to be as, as effective. I mean, he's a, you know, he's veteran experience and veteran to be there, but you've got to have different, different types of guys out there doing the thing that they do. So, more to be seen about this whole thing. And as far as the the rookies go, I guess the one thing you you know, and, and I don't know if this this would even be possible, but it's you almost have to look at Metcalf as a long term situation because you're gonna give away a first round pick. Now I realize you could biff on a first round pick and whiff it and, and it's not worth anything anyway. So you say like, okay, even if Gutenkunts were to get desperate, is there any scenario, Mark I'll start with you, is there any scenario where he says, look, in a run it back year, screw it we'll figure out metcalf later but if nothing else we, we'll we'll give up the one one of our ones this year we've got another one we'll bring in metcalf if he's only here for one year so be it because aaron might only be here for one more year and let's try and get this thing done
0: no, <laughs> no
3: I, I mean just like the, the what Miami did with um, Tyree kill and the Raiders did with Devontae Adams if you're gonna give up a, a number one pick to get a guy you do it's not a rental this isn't baseball I mean you I think you you get permission from Seattle to talk to his agent before you make the deal and and work that out um, at least I yeah I sure yeah, I don't think you can do that. I don't. I don't. I, don't, I, I know what you're saying, you you know, you get them and you know you win a Super Bowl with them, and he says, "Well, why, why would I want to go anywhere else? Right? I just won a Super Bowl in Green Bay." Um, but I, I, that's not that's certainly not the pack. And then we said the Packers are doing things differently these days than I used to. But <laughs>
0: right.
3: but that's that's really not the packer way. Uh, you know, getting a guy. You know. Giving up a first round pick for a guy and only having him for a year—that's giving up, giving up a first round pick isn't isn't the Packer way. What? <laughs> When's the last time the Packers traded a high draft pick for a player? Mm-hmm.
2: Brett Favre. I, don't, I, can't, I mean, I, yeah, that's
3: just that, that's, that's, that's my lazy
2: off the top of my head example, but that's how far back that, I have to go. I
3: can't. But, per- yeah, that's I'm probably the one. That's probably it. Right.
1: And something to keep in mind with Metcalf is that worked out okay though. <laughs> it did. <laughs> He's, Metcalf is going to be another guy they have to pay, and this from a cap perspective, this is already a very, very top-heavy roster. When you look at uh, Rodgers' contract, Bakhtiari's contract, Preston Smith, you know they have a, a large chunk of their cap space. You know this was—I I don't know what the exact numbers are now—but before the Davante Adams trade, 97 million dollars of their 208 million dollar cap space was devoted to six players. So that's what I mean when I say it's a t- top-heavy roster from a cap perspective. And now you still have to pay Jair. You still have to pay Elton Jenkins. You still have to pay Rashawn Gary. You get DK Metcalf. You still have to pay DK Metcalf. So, again, it makes that roster even more top-heavy. Not to say that there isn't a way to do it. And as Mark said, if you make the trade, you find a way. But just something to think about in all of this as well.
3: You know what I think you're going to do a lot of next year, no matter what they do in the offseason, the next month or so? Would would either of you be surprised if they come out in formation with AJ Dillon at running back and Aaron Jones out out wide or in the slot or somewhere?
2: No, I could see that he's played, mm-hmm. he's done it plenty before. Yeah,
3: I, I could see. I mean, it, a it's a way of getting Dillon on, you know, getting them both on the field at the same time. Which I'm why not? You want your best players on the field, and they're they're that's right now they're probably the two best.
1: They're their playmakers.
3: They're the two best non-Aaron Rodgers players on offense, Mm -hmm. right? So why not get them on the field as much as you can? Dylan is a back, and Aaron Jones would create some mismatches for the the defense as well. You don't want a linebacker on them, I'll tell you that. Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Right. And he's got some experience. I mean, if he can hone in his route running, too, I don't I don't think you're looking at a Ty Montgomery situation where all of a sudden he's going to change his number to 88. No, 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 no. I'm moonlight is a <laughs> receiver running back type of thing and, and throw Andy Benoit's world into a complete tizzy over the fact that a, a running back is wearing 88 and you can't game plan for him because you can't see that he's sitting up behind the quarterback. But. Could be fun. I mean, it's a good. It'd be a good problem for the Packers to have, and it's it's a good situation for them. And that's I think that's the other part of how they address and and approach some of these offensive needs. But I like what they've done so far in free agency. The Packers still working the phones. There's still more to be done. And also, you know, there was also some talk about the Packers potentially talking about Keenan Allen and, and contracts. And let's not forget we may see a lull here. The draft is going to happen. They're going to draft some players, but there is going to be some more activity after June one, when certain contracts kind of become less prohibitive for teams to move players, the Packers to bring in players and Packers to move players as well. So I think That's a little, a good point. little bit of doesn't each and start
3: tomorrow, right? Well, a little not bit, not opening tomorrow. They got a, they a lot of time be, be between now and the schedule isn't even out yet. So we never know who they open with. So there's a lot of time. Um, they'll do something there. are I will guarantee you that the opening day depth chart does, does not have just Alan Lazard, Randall Cobb, and Amari Rogers and Jawan Winfrey on it. Though there, there will be some additions to that at wide receiver. And like you said too, like so this is a this is a decent wide receiver draft. So the Packers will probably get one, at least one, if not more. But other teams are going to take like early draft like, ahead of the Packers. Well, those teams that take wide receivers, especially if they're Non-playoff type teams are going to then have a veteran receiver that they may be willing to move. You know, if mm-hmm. if a if a team like you know whoever takes um, pick a guy, Drake London for, or from from uh, USC, you know, if, if he goes early to a to a bad team, that bad team has they had they have veteran wide receivers on that team that they may now say, all right, he's expendable now because we're going to play the kid. And the Packers call, and they get they they make a deal for a mid round pick to get that guy. Stuff like that happens all the time.
2: Yeah, yeah, it absolutely does. A lot of movement going to happen. I think the Packers, you know that they, they, they're they're not. I won't even say our dad's Packers because that's going too far back. They're not our older brothers Packers. Back they're not in the, my Packers. Ted Thompson, yeah. Mike McCartney <laughs> days where there was a lot of. Nothing going on. And if you heard any rumors, it was just that. It was a bunch of words on a piece of paper. And it was agents using Green Bay as leverage somehow and somebody else falling for it. So, well, good conversation about the wide receiver position, the whole Tyreek Hill and what the Packers might do. We'll see what the news cycle brings us for next week. Now, I will not be here next week. No, no. So, it will be Paul and Mark and either a third or the two of them manning the ship until I'm back the week after. And then we'll be well into the draft prep season and we'll figure out who we're going to be talking about in two weeks from now. So hope everything goes well, but before we sign off as always, what's going on now over at Packer report and what is coming up soon, Mark?
3: Right. Well, I'm in, I started my draft series, um, this week, every, have uh, two stories, every, every Monday, every Thursday, I'll have a different, um, position of the draft analyzed by, by three, um, Long-time scouts uh, who have combined for four Super Bowl rings, so they're not. These guys know what they're doing. Um, the quarterbacks are up on the site now. Um, I'll just give you a little hint. they I don't like them. <laughs> they're, they're not very good. But but there, there's a you know I I list the top five and little comments from the scouts and then uh, running backs will go up later today Thursday. So that's where I'm doing And then next week, we'll just keep going with with different ones. So uh, next week, when you're not here, Jason, can we just assume it's going to be hot and nice out in Arizona?
2: (laughs) Yes, it'll be hot and nice out. It'll be around 90 degrees, sunny, and there'll be baseball. All right. Done. Stamp it. 100% guaranteed. Paul, Cheesehead TV, Dairyland Express,
1: and your YouTube show. Yes, and uh, those articles Mark was referencing, those are always some of my favorite with those scout perspectives in there, so be sure to check those out. But at uh, Cheesehead TV, I, uh, as I mentioned earlier, the, the free-aging moves that the Packers have made, their re-signings, and then Jerron Reed's given them added flexibility. Coming up in the draft, uh, what that means, how that can benefit them. Over the weekend, did my first mock draft, went three rounds, five picks. First pick, went with Chris Olave. I know, very very popular. And then also at Cheesehead or at Dairyland Express, I uh, reevaluated my positions and need for the Packers. I did an article prior to free agency, and then now one that we've you know seen some signings take place. And core positions are still there, but there's been some changes to the top five.
2: Good stuff as always. Well, everybody, spring is sprung. So enjoy the nicer weather wherever you're at. Only got one more day until we're at another beautiful weekend. So wherever you are, stay safe and go Paco.